Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can hear me daily on this show, Monday to Friday, especially now the season has begun, and find my words over at ESPN and NBA.com Australia. And joining me is my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network. He's about to be an extremely busy man, Justin Garcia. Uh, what's going on, Justin? We've been talking about it. We've been talking about this season coming up quickly. Uh, today's the day. As we're recording this uh, late on Sunday night, uh, local time in Milwaukee, we're only a few, about 12 hours away from media day getting started. Yeah, it's about to uh, get to be pretty busy for all of us. Media day tomorrow, I'll get the chance to uh, be there, which is y- y- still going to be weird that I know we had the playoffs and I got to be one of the fortunate few that was in the building from start to finish last year. But it's still going to be weird to... <laughs> go through media day in person because we didn't have that last year. It was stretched out over what, two or three days that we just had a virtual media day. So uh, getting back to, I think having people in the same areas that we all used to frequent in the arena is still going to be uh, an adjustment, I think for all of us. So I personally love the fact they're just doing it all in one day, because I said that media day or it does start at 12 noon on Monday local time, which for me over here in Australia is 3 a.m. Monday morning, uh, Tuesday morning, I should say. So the fact that they're doing it in one day rather than doing it 3 a.m. starts every single day, I'm very happy about. Uh, Before we dive into some of that stuff, though, uh, we're on YouTube. Of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be aware if you missed out on the notes that we launched the page last week and you're listening on the usual podcast platform, uh, we appreciate everyone that's listening and making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of the day. But we are on YouTube, so you can jump on, you can subscribe, you can see uh, Justin's PJ Tucker like shoe collection behind him and his lovely Bucks hoodie that he's got on. You can see uh, a Giannis jersey here behind me and a basketball that is also signed by Jabari Parker. So um, some big ticket items here uh, behind me as we record this show. But one thing that we always look forward to in Media Day is Giannis and his jokes. And last year in media day or media week, it was a little bit tense. I spoke about the mood around Giannis and the team with Laurie Nickel on Friday's show uh, that we did. If you missed that, you, you should go back and check that out. But I'm thinking the mood might be a little happier and a little less tense or stress, stressful as it was uh, last year's media day, I would suspect. Yeah, so last year's media day, I mean, you think about all the different storylines and talking points we had for that stretch of two or three days where it's the arrival of Drew Holiday. And I know we had a chance to talk with him shortly after the trade, just before everybody was made available, but still Drew Holiday facing even more Milwaukee media and having him go through media day. What happened with the Bogdanovich trade was another thing that was brought up quite a bit. And then, Oh, by the way, the whole Giannis situation that was looming there with him 
uh, about to become a free agent and eventually signing that deal about a week later. So it's a, it's a very different tone and feel to where we were a year ago, where it was still, I feel good, but there's a lot of uncertainty facing this team beyond this NBA season. Whereas now you got the NBA championship, you know, Bud has been extended. You have that trio locked up that it's just the pieces on the margins that are going to continue to change for this team. And now the narrative shifts to let's look back at last year and everything that worked for you. Yeah. I mean, people say it all the time, but what a difference 12 months makes, or in this case, a little bit less 10 months or whatever it was from when the season started. But uh, I do remember heading into last year. And at this point, Giannis hadn't signed the Supermax and thinking, I don't know what this team's going to do this year. I don't know what kind of circus we're going to be covering all season long if he didn't sign the extension. And you pointed to it was a little bit messy. It wasn't just the the Bogdanovich situation as well, but I, I remember John Horst coming on and we were talking to, to John and he was answering questions about Pat Connaughton's contract as well, which was a messy situation. Things just were seemed like they were in a bad spot entering last season. And I think part of it was the fact that we were also detached from the team as well because the last time that we'd physically seen the team at that point was back in March when they had the best record in the league. They were on pace for 70 wins. Everything was happy. Everything was going well. And then all of a sudden, it, it, things seemed to spiral a, a little bit. But uh, look, I'm excited, obviously, to hear those guys and the thoughts of the stars and Giannis and Drew and Chris. But I think the cool thing about Media Day also is you get to get the first perspective of some of the other players that you haven't had a chance to speak to. So Semi Ojale, Rodney Hood, Grayson Allen, all these guys that have come into the team. And perhaps even also even more interesting will be getting the chance to speak to uh, Dante DiVincenzo if he's available because he, I, I haven't heard a lot from him. I, we know there was a an update, an injury update that suggests that he's going to be pretty limited in training camp. That's not a surprise. We didn't think that he was going to be right for the start of the season. But I, I'm just fascinated to hear his thoughts on the playoff run and not being able to play and being on his little scooter on the sidelines and and whether he was I mean of course he would have been happy but there had to be mixed emotions at the same time of wanting to be out there and wanting to be a part of that there's a lot uh, of intrigue there and and we talked about it last time too where for Dante this is certainly going to be an interesting season where you're going to have to at, at the start be on the sidelines and watching this team. You had to watch your teammates win a championship. And, oh, by the way, here's Grayson Allen, who we think is going to take a majority of his minutes until he can get back on the court. So he's going to be interesting to hear from. And I think everybody else feels the same way. It's going to be interesting to hear from George Hill as well. Yeah. That, you know, if we look back at last year, something that really made it unique coming into the season, and it feels weird saying this because – it's not like it was a long run-up with Bud there prior to it. It's two years that we're talking about, but this team had started to forge an identity under Bud. And you think back to all the change that had taken place with this organization year after year after year. I think it was um, before Bud got here that final year where ultimately it was Jason Kidd and Joe Prunty coaching the team, but that was the first offseason where there wasn't a whole lot of change. And I remember that being one of the big talking points at media day was there's a lot of continuity here that, you know, John Henson's been here a while and Giannis and Chris Middleton and everybody else. And there hasn't been as much change. And it then kind of seemed like that team accepted and embraced that identity. And we got to know who they were. And then all of a sudden last year in the midst of the pandemic, where it's not as easy to forge these relationships because we're not as close 
as we were in the past, this team is seemingly totally different where we didn't know what to expect from Bobby Portis. You bring in DJ Augustine in the backcourt. I mean, you had Pat Connaughton and Giannis and Chris and everybody else bringing back, uh, but George Hill, a big mainstay of that bench, is gone. So in the starting five, there was a major shift to bring in Drew Holiday, and then that bench was totally different than it was in each of the previous two seasons. So last year was all about change, and we saw the fruits of that where it paid off and the Bucks did things differently last year and they win a championship. So now this year, instead of becoming the year of change and how is this going to play out, it's, well, how do you do that again and do it better? That that's going to be what gets brought up the most tomorrow or today when you're listening to this at Media Day. It's fascinating that you brought up Dante DiVincenzo and Grayson Allen in terms of probably, you know, that that competition aspect and what, what impact that's going to have on his mindset. Uh, and it just reminded me when you said that, of course, he was uh, tied up in the Bogdanovich situation as well. So he's had a crazy, crazy year here where he thought he was traded to Sacramento and then uh, he ended up playing a really important role, a starting role on a team that, as you said, had a lot of changes and then he gets injured, he isn't able to play. And now when he comes back, all of a sudden, um, whether it turns out to be a real battle for positions and minutes, we'll wait and see. But certainly on paper, it seems like he's going to have to work his way back into this lineup. So it's going to be a big year for Dante, we've spoken at length about the fact that, of course, um, he is uh, probably heading for restricted free agency next year, depending on on what happens there. But two guys that won't be at media day and won't be at, at training camp, Elijah Bryant and Mamadi Diakite. So we're going to talk about those two guys, the roster moves, and what that means after I talk about Sleeper, who Sleeper has really got me fascinated about the fantasy basketball season at the moment. I'll tell you a little bit about what they're doing. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose player had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count toward their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So... Uh, seems like a pretty good fit to me. You know, if you got Giannis and you say, "Well, look, you, the the Bucks are playing the Suns this week. Giannis averaged seventy five thousand points per game against Phoenix in the NBA Finals. I think he's going to have another big night." You would pick Bucks versus Suns, which saves time. It's uh, it's more matchup dependent, and uh, you know, if you know your players, you know the history, uh, you can you can probably do pretty well here. So Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work. You're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. And then uh, with DirecTV Stream, which we've been talking about for a little bit on the show, uh, you guys will know this situation. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in the one place. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about uh, Direct TV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So let's get into this roster stuff, Justin. And it's been like this 
all off season really you say you sit there and you say okay well things are quiet there's no news oh bud gets an extension okay yep things are pretty quiet now there's not much going on and now there's roster moves and we had speculated this and I wondered with the case of Elijah Bryant in particular, I, I didn't think he was going to make the roster or make it past his guarantee date. And the guarantee date for uh, both Diakite and Elijah Bryant was the 12th, uh, sorry, the 15th of December. So I, I didn't think that they were going to go past that date. It didn't really make sense. Frank Madden has been pretty strong on his thought that they would go into the season with 14 players. So when the news came through the other day that uh, Mamadi Diakite uh, had been waived, my first thought was with our friend Jake Reitz, who we know uh, would be very, very upset. His guy, he's, he was leading the Mummy Dear Kite fan club for good reason, a really popular member of the team, excellent in front of the camera, and an intriguing player, I would say. He's an intriguing player, but ultimately, I, I'm not, from the team perspective and for what I think this team can do this season, it's, I, I don't really see this having an impact. Yeah, this is. Um, I I hesitate to say similar to the uh, Christian Wood saga, just because I don't. I'm not sure that Mamadi is going to have that ceiling that Christian Wood has, where you at least know he can score. I think Mamadi is um, ultimately going to be a guy that stays on the court because of his defense, but there's still some things he needs to work on and, and certainly adding more bulk to his frame is one of those. But as you watched him uh, last year, and if you had the chance to watch him in the G league, uh, what three week tournament that they did in Orlando, you saw some things, but could see he's definitely still very raw and kind of what we talked about with Christian Wood years ago, it, it was kind of hammered home to him over and over in his stop in the G league that look, we know you can score, but in order for you to carve out minutes here and be a part of this team, we need you to, as Bud always says, make winning plays without scoring. We need you to rebound and, and play defense and do some of those things. And not to mention, you know, the numbers crunch with the guys that were in front of him. And that, that kind of feels like what we're seeing here with Mamadi, where he's still a ways away from being a major contributor that we can point to what he did last year. But we're talking about very, very small sample sizes and in games that, didn't really matter and mean anything. He never really played in those impact minutes. I didn't think we were going to see him there again this year, even though we've talked about it still feels that they may be a little light in the front court. I think that just means more leaning on Giannis as, as at the five at times. And when you looked at all that, you just wondered, we've seen Pat do a lot of small ball for, we know you can do it with Chris. There's some more tinkering they can do on this roster. And, and I just don't know that, Mamadi was ever going to get anything close to meaningful minutes for this team next year or the year after, for that matter. Yeah, I think if you look at the guys with Brooke Lopez, uh, Giannis, Bobby Porter, Semi Ojale, a guy who they, they you, we think that they think that they're going to be able to play. I've said this before with Diakite, and we said it during the season and when we were discussing whether there was potential that he could potentially break into the lineup. I understand the Christian Wood comparison just through the the idea that you've got a guy that's put up monster numbers in the G League and couldn't yeah. crack the NBA rotation. So that that makes a lot of sense. I would agree with you. I don't see Diakite going to uh, an, another team and being a, a, a legitimate 20 and 10 guy. I, I, I don't really see that. But he has been claimed by the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, on waivers. So uh, let's be honest. I, I would love him to, to do really well. And I think going to that team, 
they're probably going to play him. He's probably going oh, to get yeah. minutes. So for him, it's probably a good situation and it makes sense for the Thunder. They've got all these young guys, a really strange collection of, of guys that a lot of people probably haven't heard of, but hopefully he gets minutes out there. But I think with Diakite, honestly, he, he's nearly 25. So he's older than you think. And he's only 6'9". It's just, it's just such a weird size because we, we know we've seen guys that are shorter and they've been undersized bigs and he's still uh, been able to rebound at a high level at the G League. We saw that in the bubble, but I, I don't know at 6'9", whether he was, was going to be a guy in the NBA. It just feels like, first of all, if he was three years younger, you'd be like, okay, let's see what we got here. The fact he's already 25 does hurt. And if he was 6'11", you know, like Christian Wood, a little bit taller. That's why I, I think that that separates him a little bit there. So I'm not sure I see a, a, an explosion from him. I'm certainly hopeful that he will. And if you then move across to Elijah Bryan, it's it's kind of a similar situation. I, I never really saw anything with Elijah Bryan that made me excited that he was going to be a guy that would become a, a real impact player or someone that you couldn't just replace. So I think for the Bucks to go into the season with 14 guys, uh, have that open roster spot. We know the, the history tells us with John Horst and certainly since Mike Budenholz has been there, they're going to want to make an addition. It's probably going to be a veteran addition. They certainly haven't been afraid of making trades during the season. So I think all up, it just makes sense. I didn't see either guy playing this year. I didn't see either guy getting into the rotation despite uh, unless there was a, a major disaster. So not, not shocking news for me. Yeah, not shocking news. I, I think... Um... You know, Elijah Bryant, um, with you, where I didn't see it one way or another. You know, I, I didn't see anything that made me think, man, this guy's awful. And I didn't see anything that made me yeah. think, yeah, if you if you keep working at it, this is a guy that could find a spot within this rotation. So it gives you that flexibility at the, we assume it's going to stay at 14 throughout February. So once buyout season comes, then you can add someone. And that, that's how we would, I think, all assume they're going to utilize that. And you know, Mamadi, the last thing I'd say, too, is I think it would be a tougher sell to – I'm disappointed that he's not going to be around, but you can understand why they're doing it. And I think it would be a tougher sell to most fans if there was one thing specifically he did that was great. And I think that's ultimately the knock, where you can't really point to what his game is. And this one thing, he does this really well, and we think if we can continue to work with him – that's something he can do at the next level. He's just kind of an athletic guy that you know got by playing defense for one of the best college teams in the country at Virginia. Had some standout moments and one big one in the tournament. But when you look at the offense, it's it's still very raw. Even defense, if we talk about him being a defensive big, it's not like he's a great shot blocker. You already talked about the height limitations that he mostly does it with his reach and yeah. length and just ability to stay with guys laterally. So you couldn't really point to one thing that he really, really did well. And, and when you get to be uh, at that level, when we're talking about the 14th and 15th guys of a roster, then there really isn't any justification in keeping them around. Yep. It all makes sense to me. And as I said, um, particularly with Diakite, I mean, both players forever are going to be Milwaukee Bucks NBA champions, by the way. So I, I'm sure they will not be forgotten, but Diakite will never be forgotten. And it will be impossible to forget him because every time we go back and watch those all-access videos that the Bucks put together, um, you're going to see a hell of a lot of Mamadi Diakite. And he just, he just looks like an awesome guy to be around. So it wasn't surprising to me at all that he became very popular with this team. And like I said, hopefully uh, he, can, he can work it out and, and, and have an NBA career. Um, we've said it before, 
it's just tough when you've got a championship caliber roster, when you're trying to play all your veterans and you've got so many stars in the team, it's tough for developing players to really get those minutes. And he probably wasn't helped by the fact that there wasn't regular G League uh, action for him to take part in. So the Bucks rostered down to 14. Uh, we're going to talk. There is a, an interesting development with the Ben Simmons stuff, which could impact the Bucks. So we will talk about that in just a little bit. And then we've just started recording this after the Packers won a nail biter uh, over the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Crosby, he'll be uh, Crosby will be kicking winning field goals for the Packers in it for the next 25 years. I'm absolutely sure of it. But before we get to that. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. You guys know, of course, we're celebrating freedom of choice with Built Bar, and that's because uh, there's so many different selections you can have with the flavor that you want. When you talk to a Built Bar f- fan like myself, uh, you can you can see it. I'm definitely passionate about my favorite Built Bar, which is coconut, but I also like the mint brownie. Uh, the salted caramel is also one that I'm into as well. So if you don't know what your flat favorite flavor is, then you can get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and that will keep you going for a couple of days at least. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And to take uh, advantage of the offer we've got, you just have to go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. So I mentioned the Packers pulling off the, the miracle and it had me thinking, I was thinking about this, and I'm not a Packers fan, so there's no emotional investment. So I was able to to have my mind wandering all over the place as uh, Mason Crosby was lining up this kick, 51 yards. And I was thinking to myself, it's obviously a pretty isolated situation. Yes, there's some other moving parts. You've got to snap the ball. You've got to block all that, those types of things. But the, it comes down to the kicker, and it's it's clutch. And he was clutch, 51 yards. And I was trying to think about, the situation in basketball, how it relates to basketball. And it's obviously free throws, right? I mean, that's the closest thing. But of course, the variable with football is the the, the distance. So this was this was a long range kick. We're talking about an old man here and he just sailed it, sailed it through. Would it did can you would you compare a game winning field goal with game winning free throws? Is that even a fair comparison? I don't know. I mean um a game winning 50 that was over 50 right like 50 ish small 50s that uh, crosby had game winning 50 yard field goal where your team is trailing probably tougher isn't it yeah i mean that's kind of like saying we're down by two with seven tenths of a second left and Giannis is at the free throw line we need both of them yeah yeah i mean that's uh, that was the only comparison i I had but we were about to record this uh, podcast so i was thinking about the bucks but as far as ben simmons as we wrap up this show today, uh, five, six minutes left here. I've We've always looked at the Ben Simmons situation through the lens of uh, how could it impact the Bucks. So is there a trade similar to last year with James Harden to the Nets that could change the the tiers in the East or alter you know, who could win the championship in the East? So that's the way we look at it through on, on this show on Locked On Bucks. So a couple of interesting developments over the weekend, and there was the Kyrie Irving stuff. I'm sure you read the Rolling Stone story. I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers did as well. And I guess the big takeaway is what are the Nets going to do with Kyrie Irving? We'll wait and see what happens there. But of course, I believe it was last week, Stephen A. Smith was on first take and saying that the the Nets would consider a Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons trade. 
that would be really fascinating because I think the, the interesting part of all this, if you're a Bucks fan looking at that situation with Kyrie Irving, you're saying, okay, well, if he isn't allowed to play home games, like what, what does this mean for the Nets? Still going to be a very, very good team. Of course, they can slot my guy, Patty Mills, straight into starting point guard and they will they will be just fine. But, you know, I, I think the idea of an Irving for Simmons trade, I don't know why the Sixers would do that, but um, it, it's it's at least fascinating. But the other one that came, came out over the weekend was the, with the Nuggets and potentially Jamal Murray. And we've spoken a lot about the fact that is there a trade that could make the Sixers better right now? The interesting thing about that is I think Jamal Murray does make them better, but... We don't know if he's going to play at all this season, which is what makes that trade uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, the um, the Kyrie component is the most fascinating to me because it seems like on paper, if you flipped those two guys, that helps both of those teams. That yeah. it, it gives Brooklyn more defense and somebody that doesn't need the ball in his hands and you're not looking for offense from him. And uh, with Philadelphia, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think it's as easy as saying, well, can these two guys play together? Because it tends to be what most people fall back on when you have two dynamic personalities on the same team. Um, but there is certainly a component of that with what we've seen from Kyrie. But that gives Philadelphia everything they've basically said we need, a ball handler, a guy that can score from everywhere uh, all around the floor, and not so much defense because we have that elsewhere with Tybalt and Joel Embiid and everybody else on the roster. So that would seem to check all the boxes for both teams. But I'm with you where, despite that, I still think both teams would have to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> if we were shopping Kyrie Irving, we could get more than this, than Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving. And Philadelphia, you know, yes, we want all of those, but we'd like it in somebody younger and somebody that we think is going to stay with this franchise for a number of years and not just maybe a one year and Kyrie's out of here type of situation. Yeah. I, I don't know what this whole situation does to Kyrie Irving and whether any team is going to want to even go there. I mean, it's, it's who knows. I don't know what's about to happen, but it's going to be, I'll have most of my focus on the Bucks media day. And then I'll have like one eye on Twitter, keeping track of the Philadelphia situation and the questions that, that everyone's getting asked. We joked about it last week on the show, but uh, you're starting to see Doc Rivers and everyone backtrack on their on their Ben Simmons slander. It's like they've been told we're trying to trade this guy. Can you can you stop ripping him? So I think it's maybe give be, him some more value. Yeah, give him well, some I, value. I would imagine the other thing we're going to hear quite a bit of tomorrow or today, whenever you listen to this at Sixers Media Day, is a lot of you know Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and and some of the players that have been there for a little bit now. You hear a lot of them juicing up the crowd in Philadelphia yeah, after yeah, uh, yeah. Ben Simmons' comments of "No, it's great. <laughs> this is you know the best fan base, and I love playing in front of these fans." Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how Ben Simmons ever goes and plays in Philadelphia again. <laughs> he might not, um, but that'll be a game that I'll be certainly interested in tuning in for. You did mention Matisse Thybul. This is also noteworthy, I think, for Bucks fans, and I've, I've mentioned this. We did our. Uh, defensive player of the year predictions over at um, NBA Australia. And I actually predicted that he'll win defensive player of the year. He was all defensive second team last year and he only played 20 minutes per game. And I think if they do trade away Ben Simmons, then it allows them to play him more because I think part of the problem was, well, yeah, they're both incredible defensively, but we can't play Simmons and Thibault together on the floor. So it'll be interesting to see. And it is at least a benefit to the Sixers that they know if they did get a guard that of, of the caliber of Jamal Murray or Kyrie Irving, whoever it is, that can score, that can handle the ball, 
um, they're going to be able to insert a pretty lethal defensive player straight into that lineup. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think this situation is going to continue to get weird. Uh, before we wrap it up, I have to mention the Locked On Bets podcast. Those guys have been rolling, particularly with their NFL picks. So if you are into sports gambling, we know Locked On Bucks is your first listen of the day. But maybe after that, your second listen of the day, maybe that can be Locked On uh, Bets. So as I said, right at the top, 12 hours or so away from media day here, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Of course, you know, you can catch this show now Monday to Friday and your usual podcast platform, but also over on YouTube. We would certainly appreciate it if you jumped across and uh, had a look, had a look at Justin's shoe collection, gave us a hit the subscribe button and help us along there. We're, we're ticking over nicely. It's almost been a week. This is episode four on YouTube. Um, but we're having a lot of fun. And, and Justin, it's probably no surprise to anyone that you're the first uh, co-host that's come on the show uh, twice on YouTube. Sunday night, it's a, it's a ritual. We do it every Sunday night after Sunday night football. It, uh, it's a ritual. And now, um, man, it, it feels like it's here earlier than we anticipated. But the bummer of it now is uh, like I'm going to have to get a haircut and not wear T-shirts and hoodies anymore that I would assume it's – business attire tomorrow for media day i can't tell you the last time i was in that arena where i didn't have to wear team issued gear well i can't even get a haircut i haven't had a haircut for about three and a half months none of the hairdressers are open here in australia so that's why i'm wearing a hat every day on this podcast because uh, there's there's nothing else i can do about it at this point i'm about to shave my own head but anyway we'll leave it there for today uh certainly back tomorrow post media day so we'll have plenty to talk about i'm sure there's going to be some storylines that are going to come uh, out of that again thank you for your support on the show we appreciate it if you're a packers fan i'm sure you're i'm sure you're listening to this podcast with a smile on your face today uh which uh, you know I, i've got to be happy about and what about the brewers they clinched the division as well i'm telling you wisconsin sports uh not college sports but wisconsin professional sports are on an absolute role at the moment uh we will catch all you guys tomorrow uh for myself kane Pittman, and justin garcia we hope you've enjoyed this show and enjoyed your weekend we'll catch you guys tomorrow